Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast for the last time in 2019. I am Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you? Actually, I know how you are because I've just been having <laughs> dinner with you. But eating very nice, very nice uh, Georgian food at De Blaue Fuchs. We're a little bit tipsy. A uh, little bit. <laughs> Dry, red Georgian wine went down extremely well, perhaps too well. So I apologise in advance for... Moose has only got one eye open. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's such a good and amazing, amazing meal. Mushroom soup I started with. And we had this kind of like strange kind of like valley. It was like a valley of egg and cheese. Mm. in like a yeah well, it was a valley of bread and there was like a sort of a river of hot cheese and egg through the mixed middle of together it. Yeah. yeah the eagle eared amongst you might notice it sounds a little bit different we're having a clear out and we're redoing the studio so we're sat in an empty room which Quite is cavernous. why super boot me yeah but um hopefully by the first one after after the new year when we're back i can't speak well, I'm, am I, I'm too tipsy. No, actually, you're good. You're am fine. I doing right? What's quite nice, actually, about the, the boomy effect is it's a metaphor for the city as a whole, because most people in Berlin clear out for Christmas. Yeah, Musa and I are the only two people left in Berlin, like 28 days later. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's gone. Um, so yeah, here we are. We're here to talk football for the last time this year. It's been a pleasure having you with us. Where it has start? been a pleasure having you with us. It has been a real us. pleasure, real pleasure. Should we start by doing a little bit of a thank you? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's listened, passed stuff on shared it, rated it, or just said, hey, check these guys out. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, I don't think we uh, expected the response to be quite so great so soon. That's true. So just a massive thank you to everyone who's um, listened so far, who's le- left us a rating and a review on iTunes. Actually, if you haven't left us a rating and a review, give us a nice Christmas present. What are you please. doing? Exactly. exactly. Please give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the podcast. Where should we start? I think we avoid a lot of the game by games because we're disclaimer we're recording this on Sunday, so mm. we had a bit of a bit of a day, and we didn't catch all the games yet. But we know about like Chelsea Spurs, obviously a great result for Chelsea, yeah, and some pretty heavy stuff coming out with some racist abuse. Yeah, Antonio Rudiger was was targeted. We have done podcasts on this before this season already. What three or four? Yeah, maybe more. Oh my goodness. Well, it's come up. It's come up certainly more than three or four times, I think. Yeah. It's come up three or four times. It's not that it's not an issue. Of course, it's an issue. At the same time, part of me is like, the analysis is there. The answers are there. And I almost feel like the more we emphasize it, not that we shouldn't mention it because it's really important. It's almost like, I said this before, there are people that need to step up that aren't stepping up. Yeah, for sure. And they know who they are. Props to Gary Neville, by the way, who um, went in a little bit further than he did a couple of weeks ago after the game on Sky Sports. He's been going in a bit more recently on general note, hasn't he? Yeah, I think yeah. he's, he's angry. He's radicalised. He's been radicalised oh, no. by the environment. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking truth to power. Big up Frank Lampard for the game though, because I think that's the first time Spurs haven't scored under Mourinho. And he outcoached, I mean, it's been much been made of outcoaching Mourinho. I mean, he's not, this is not the 2005 Mourinho. It's not in the 2011 Mourinho. Oh. Well, it, let's be honest. I mean, I think even Mourinho would say that. Jose Mourinho and Kanye West have got such similar career arcs. <laughs> like in terms of, you know how when Kanye West came, he was just like light speed ahead of anyone else that sped up soul samples. And you listen to Kanye now and there is still, no matter what record, no matter how indifferent the record as a whole, there are fragments of absolute genius that only Kanye West could pull off. And mm. Mourinho's like that. The problem with Mourinho is, Miguel Delaney, actually shout out to him because he put this piece really well together, highlighted the fact that... Uh, what really differentiates elite coaches these days is the elite attacking systems. Mm. Because defences are so smart now that to break them down 
at the very highest level requires a level of sophistication, coordination, which is perhaps slightly beyond all but maybe three or four coaches in the world. And Marina's not one of them. Yeah, I'd agree and that, with that. that is a challenge. And that's why um, approaches, attacks get predictable. It's why Van Hal struggled at United, not because he didn't have the patterns, but because the players you need to execute at that level. It's why young players work so well, because you can just basically reprogram them. We could reprogram with new ideas. Reprang them. Reprang them. <laughs> there's the, there, We're a bit prang. There's the red wine. There it is. There it is. Pranging out. Moose is pranging out. Yes, yeah, like exactly. <laughs> pranging out. <laughs> just let it prang out, Moose. Oh, my goodness. So I think Mourinho, his challenge is almost coaches that come up with this innovative attacking scheme and he doesn't have it. And, and coaches like Lampard, sort of the new The new way. Breed, yeah. Wait till Nagelsmann comes to the Premier League, like, hopefully. Yeah. Hey, um, uh, RB Leipzig, they're the winter champions in the Bundesliga. Oh, that was a bit of a tangent, wasn't so, it? No, no, it's a fairly good predictor, isn't it? I think of the eventual uh, winners. I think it's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's two thirds of the people who have been top at the winter break have gone on to win the Bundesliga. Given the quality of this Bundesliga, I'd be wary of saying that'd be the case again. Mm. I was at um, Gladbach, well, Hertha Gladbach on the weekend. And uh, it was a little bit of a shame that RB had the kind of winter title wrapped up really because um, it meant that Gladbach couldn't win it unless they won by about 13 goals. It was nil-nil. Pretty good game though. And um not sure if people followed me on Twitter saw, but... Drooling over Marco Rosa. <laughs> Marco Rosa. In Beautiful the, man. Yeah. I stood right next to him and he's a very dashing man in, in, in real life. <laughs> There's quite a few dashing German coaches, That's what, yeah, I it's, say. It's yeah. the kind of high-level analysis people come to study over. <laughs> they have, yeah. <laughs> Content. Can't get anywhere <laughs> We else. do have a question on that, but um, we have quite a lot of questions, actually, because we were asking for more of a mailbag thing to, mm. as opposed to rounding up loads and loads of games. We had a question from Vid Kolofsky at Dr. Vid Kolofsky on Twitter, what team would you like to see playing a Christmas-themed kit? And then someone responded saying, Arsenal have a Christmas-themed kit without the green socks. Put green socks on the Arsenal kit, it's Christmas-themed. <laughs> like little yeah. elves. <laughs> we're, all, we're a very small team as well. Oh, we used to be, I'm not sure if we're... Okay. A, a Christmas kit, that's so cool. Quite a playful It'd be cool fest- if they did the Boxing Day fixtures like the NBA do on Christmas Day when they have the Christmas uniforms. Ooh, so like that's... one-off kits only to be worn on Boxing Day fixtures. Oh, that sounds amazing. That'd be good. I'm trying to think of a, a team that wears a Christmas kit. Well, I mean, would it be a Basque team? Same colours? Athletic would be so much fun. Well, you could have uh, Athletic Bilbao maybe just get them to play in green shorts. Or Athletic Bilbao with the kind of like, you know, that was it the red and black lines, but then like have snow-capped shoulders. Mm. So just have like, just em- yeah, just emphasise the shoulders. Like, yeah. There we go. We fixed it. There we go. Question from our good friend, Justin Sohani. Ah, oh, Justin, how it goes? It said, uh, I had a great question yesterday, but I forgot it. <laughs> the dog ate my homework. So I said I'd read that out. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. <laughs> Many happy returns. No, not happy. no, no. Merry Christmas. I'm drunk. I'm drunk. Moose is Merry drunk. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry happy hey, returns. I've got a Merry Moose sat oh opposite me. Uh, from Kunlea J.O., how much would the winter break affect the momentum of the teams chasing the Bundesliga title or has the break come at the right time for Dortmund and Gladbach? Oh my goodness, absolutely the right time for both. Mm. Gladbach, for slightly different reasons. Gladbach because I think squad depth, um, always good to recharge and Dortmund just because they look out on their feet. Yeah. Those are psychologically for different reasons two very bad results. They were just putting themselves back together. Yeah, I mean, even if they'd taken yeah. a point at Hoffenheim and beaten Leipzig at home, these are two awful results in context. Like back uh, yeah. three, three all in the context of how far they were ahead, 
I mean, we spoke about it on the last podcast. Which we did. We you did. can also check the Stadios yeah. if you haven't checked them. Our end of yeah. year awards. Yeah, the which is an absolute yeah. shambles. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for Gladbach, I think... I think each game as the season's gone on has become a little bit harder for them because teams have started to figure them out in mm. terms of just how good they are. I don't think people expected them to be that good at the beginning right. of the season. You know, Marco Rosa's first season at Gladbach. Uh, he's doing a really, really good job. I think they're way ahead of where they would expect to be. And I think taking stock is a, is a, is a good, it's a good time for that. Yeah, for they Gladbach. need to regroup, yeah. They're in a, a really good place. Well, he was saying after the game in the press conference that, you know, take a couple of weeks off, everyone just needs to chill. It's all fine. Yeah. He'll get back on the training ground. I think the Bundesliga is off until the 17th of January. So that'll be ample time for him to, to do some work. And yeah, I think just switch off for a bit. He was talking a lot about, you know, just making sure they have a nice Christmas and a nice break. And I think that's really important because when you go into a season without many ex- or that level of expectation, then all of a sudden you find yourself there top for so long and you can let it slip. I think it can be really hard to reevaluate it. Whereas know? now they get to actually go in and enjoy what they've achieved. Yeah. And be like, live it because these chances might not come off and like glad back. I mean, they're only two points off Leipzig. Yeah, I think it's really important for them to like actually just enjoy yeah. I mean, the success. The priority for them is to get back in the Champions League. Yeah, That's the priority. And they belong there. Well, yeah, I mean, they're yeah, a huge yeah. club, yeah. you know, and um, the top of the Bundesliga is really, really interesting this season. I think it's going to be really, really tight. I'm not even 100% convinced that Leipzig are favourites, to be honest. Me neither, because Bayern looking scary again. Yeah, and Hansi Flick's agreed to sign until the end of the season, basically, so he's going to be there for the rest of the season, yeah. um, which I think is a smart move. And they're scoring goals. They've got a variety of goal scorers now, Bayern. They're looking dangerous. Yeah, I mean, newer players, younger players coming through, stepping up. Yeah. All right, this one from Mr. Purse Picacity. I did it. Purse Picacity. I always have trouble saying that way. Given that Atletico Madrid need to balance their wages and also want to sign a striker, should Manchester United take Lamar on loan until the end of the season with an option to buy? It would give United an attacking option, no obligation to buy. Atletico get the wages off their books. I love Thomas Lamar. You do. But I wouldn't wish him on United at this point. Him on United or United on him? Him on uh, United on him. I, I, I love Thomas Lamar. I think he's absolutely brilliant and I'd love to see him at United. But you wanted him at Arsenal. You'd wish him on, Ar- or you'd wish Arsenal on him, but oh, no, no, I would, I wouldn't. No, I would, I wouldn't. I'm, I'm saying that I, I can see Arsenal like going for someone like him because he fits the sort of style, but the club doesn't have, I think, the structure ready to incorporate him yet. Mm. But then Arteta, make, I think Arteta makes a big difference. I think Arteta's going to be really quite impressive, but he'll need time. Ideal world, I'd love to have Lamar at Old Trafford. I think that we need someone, especially now that Pogba's probably on his way, mm. to sew that midfield together. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I, hoping. I, I don't think he'll go. No, personally. no. There was talk of like Sol Niguez being apparently for sale. And I'm like, in who in their right mind? I mean, you don't sell a guy like that. Sol Niguez. Well, it depends how much. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't know how easy it is to replace a guy that good. True. Who am I to tell Aleti who to sell or not to? But if they want <laughs> to sell... Rockwonka, they the want new to, sporting director of Atletico <laughs> Madrid. If they want to sell Sol Niguez and Thomas Lamar to United, I would happily take both. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got two questions from Caricom. Ooh. First one is, is Musa actually a boomer? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What did I do to deserve that? Where did it, We should be able to ask questions back. I should be able to ask questions back. What did I do to deserve that? He's not, despite his... Big boomer energy. Oh my god! Big, 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow, wow. Hey, big I boomer- kid, I kid, I good, kid. No, 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 it's good name for a podcast, Big Boomer Energy. Okay. All right, let's boomerang it back. Oh, oh God. <laughs> What's the next one? Think, yeah. All right, serious question now. Is Jordan Henderson Klopp's most improved player? I get the impression he derives satisfaction from proving people wrong about him. Also, when the best midfielders in Europe chat comes up, why is Wijnaldum never mentioned? Oh, I also mentioned Wijnaldum. I think he's amazing. Wijnaldum's one of my favourite midfielders. It's because you're a boomer. Players. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Wijnaldum, I said this before, I think this podcast can play the four, can play the six, play the eight, play the ten if needed, play the nine. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, just he's a great player. He's outstanding. Reminds you very much of Thiago almost when Thiago was at Chelsea under Mourinho and so the first spell you could just slot him in and do whatever. Mm. Henderson, most improved. Yeah, that's a good shout. But that implies that Henderson wasn't necessarily playing well before and I think he was. It was just that the system suits him now. Yeah, I don't that, think re- he's- that reconfiguring last season where he was out the side for a while mm. and then he came back in. Um, and I think they just realised that he, it was much, he brings a lot of balance there. Yeah. I think he, I think he allows the the midfield to play a number of, or he he allows for a midfield of variations exactly when he's in there, which I yeah. I don't think and many of the other midfielders at Liverpool can play that role. And he suffered from some unfair comparisons. I mean, the parallel I draw when Keane left and Carrick kind of came in, I took the same number, and Henderson came in and took the captaincy from Gerrard. People going, oh my goodness, how can that person replace them? They're different players and different yeah. systems. And we say that, but people drew that direct comparison. It wasn't fair. They were doing different things. And some might argue, actually, Henderson was doing the things that Gerard used to do well, better than Gerard did. Or in terms of his positional, you know, in terms of the, the particular role he occupied. Oh, wow. Gerard's rule was... Gerard's Don't take pick, the Lord's name in vain, Musa. Not at all. Not at all. Um, just to say that <laughs> the system that, Liverpool play and the dynamism requires someone to hold, someone to sit. So Milner's done that before. Actually, I would say the most improved player under Liverpool is probably Adam Lana. Became a sort of dynamic pressing midfielder from being an attacking player and adapted really well. So I think it's Lana actually. It's my view. Not Mo Salah. No, Salah was already. I mean, Salah was already. He wasn't that. You could see. You could. He wasn't, but you could see it. Like watching him play for Basel. And watching him just shred teams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, oh, when I saw him at Liverpool, I was like, okay, that's the guy I recognise. A bit like, you know, Guardiola obviously radically improved De Bruyne. Mm. But still, anyone that watched De Bruyne at Wolfsburg was like, yeah, he's on his way. Like, it's wild. There was an auction, like a five-way auction for De Bruyne's signature. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was really weird. So weird. I think the thing about Jordan Henderson is he's just a glue guy, isn't he? He is. Total glue guy. And the glue guys always get underappreciated, I think. For sure, and he's funny, he's deceptive because he's actually a lot taller than he's six foot. But he's got like quite his shoulders are like he's not the most um not the bulkiest dude, but he's a he's a big guy. Yeah. Ah, uh, here's uh we got a, a little thread from Olaf Isaiah, because we also wrote a thing saying maybe if you have any shout outs instead of questions. And he said, I'd like to shout out Jordan Nobbs's drip game in twenty nineteen. Wow. <laughs> Particularly during the World Cup coverage. Best of the best. I agree. She was wearing some serious drip. I never caught it. Yeah, there's a really good thing went up on the, I think it was on the Arsenal Women Instagram, maybe. No, not Arsenal Women. Who was it? I can't remember. I'll find it. Of um, Jordan Nobbs and Leah Williamson, pure 90s drip. That's big. It was big. I respect yeah. that. I respect that. Uh, he said, I'd also like to shout out Jordan Pitford for wearing all mercurials. 
I love my raving son. (laughs) (laughs) They need a glow stick emoji. And then he said, I'd lastly like to shout out Romelu. I dream to end a year as strongly as he has. Elite level recovery and grace. Real talk. What, 12 or 13 Serie A goals already? And the most recent one was an absolute beauty. Yep, he's already hit his total for Man United last season in this season. Just happier. In a team which plays his strengths, a manager who fully believes him knows what to do with him. Teammates support him. Obviously, he's gone through the racism storm, but he's just absorbed it. And like, I think he's just focusing on, here are the teammates that love me. Here are the fans that love me. There's a section of the fans that love me. My manager has complete faith and he's repaying that. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful to see. Um, One from Spencer, at real underscore Spencer. Considering some crazy football stories from the last decade, for example, Leicester winning the Premier League, who do you guys think is the next club to enter elite status over the next decade? Also, what are some major changes you want to see in the next 10 years and why for like changes in football rules, culture, schedule, etc.? It's quite a big question though, huh? That's an amazing question. Which club will enter the elite? That's wild. Everton. Haha. <laughs> 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 well, hold on. Well, they'll return to elite status. Maybe. Hey, maybe Arsenal might enter the elite finally. If I had, which club entered the elite status? Well, what are we talking elite? Like top 10 Premier League? Or maybe top Europe? Ooh. Leipzig? Ah, well, Leipzig are already there. I would say they're already there. Elite, like, what are we uh, saying? What are we, what are we saying? Like, Champions League quarters? Of, only a couple of years in the Champions League, though. What are we saying? Champions League quarters. Consistent Champions League quarters. Yeah. yeah, Leipzig. And that's because of the quality of Nagelsmann, whose brilliance is still not yet fully appreciated outside Germany, which is not their fault because people don't regularly. Mm. But Nagelsmann's brilliance is generational. Yeah, Leipzig's a good shout. Because it's a coach's game now, so you've got to go with, like, where are the brilliant coaches now and where they're going to be for the next few years? That's the place it's going to happen. Maybe Leicester. What Leicester are doing this year is astonishing. I look at the league table and go, it's incredible. City have scored 50 goals mm. and Leicester above them in the league. That, that's an underrated, if anything. I mean, I don't know. That's a, that's a massively speculative. In, con- in, context, in context though, what Leicester are doing this year is in context, I think almost as impressive as what Ranieri did. Mm. Because the quality of the competition, you know, that last league, everyone was sort of in transition. Yeah, Arsenal transition, so United, but these are still pretty good teams. Yeah. And Leicester are bossing it. In terms of rule changes and stuff, I can imagine there'll be a rule coming in soon about tactical fouling. Good shot. And I wouldn't be surprised in the next decade to see a kind of sin bin thing or something like that. Or technical fouls, maybe like in basketball coming into... Yeah, maybe. And I think there'll definitely be concussion substitutions coming in as well. And culture, I just like everyone to stop being racist and homophobic and sexist. That would be yeah, that would help. That would be really nice. That would help, yeah, wouldn't it? Indeed. I mean, I'm not sure how. <laughs> I'd like to see safe standing back in the UK. I think we're ready for it again. Hundred percent. Happened for years. Yeah, I think it would really help a lot of the Premier League clubs in terms of atmosphere. Being in a country as we are, where standing is or we'll safe standing's in place, and it's. Brilliant for atmospheres. Yeah, it's amazing. Like the um, the Hertha Gladbach game was, considering it was a third empty, it was brilliant, brilliant atmosphere. Really, really loud. Uh, but actually, there's no safe stand in there. It's all okay. seated. <laughs> so I've just... Destroyed your own point. Yeah, well done, Ray. Ryan um, Hun destroyed by Ryan Hun. Speaking of a man who makes much better points than I do, we have a question from Jonathan Harding. Ah, the great mensch himself. Who would you like to see win the Bundesliga and the Champions League next year? And who do you think would be the best winners for the sport? So that's this season. Gladbach would be the best for the sport. 
be the most romantic. If they won the Bundesliga this year, it'd be the most romantic. Um, I'd love to see that. The Champions League, Dortmund. I was going to say Dortmund. <laughs> I've done it again. No, no, no. But that's yeah. like, I think, I, I think would love sport, to see Dortmund win the Champions League. It'd be amazing for sport. It'd be amazing because no one could call them the nilly men anymore. They wouldn't and, be catfish next year. And it would be a validation. It'd be a validation of their approach of like playing with a bit of freedom, playing with a bit of, you know, naivety. Oh, can you imagine if they won both? It'd be incredible. I don't think they will. I would love Gladbach to win the Bundesliga and Dortmund to win the Champions League. That would be perfect for I me. think I would, yeah, Gladbach or Dortmund to win the Bundesliga for me. Clive. Clive. <laughs> <laughs> and oof, Dortmund or Barca for the Champions League. Because Messi. Yeah. Just to get Messi. Messi needs another. Just like LeBron it. needs another. Yeah. Messi needs Messi another. definitely needs another Champions League. And deserves another one. Yeah. So I think, um, would it be the best for the sport though? Probably no, I, not. I think Dortmund would be the best. I mean, Dortmund have put up, they've... Atalanta would be the best one for the Champions League. Oh my goodness. Oh, that. Or Valencia. Valencia would be great if Valencia won the Champions Atalanta, League. Atalanta though. Because you just retire off it. Yeah. Well, it's like that guy, was it uh, Diego Milito? He'd been basically a brilliant finisher for his whole career. Mm. Pottering about like, teams like Genoa and like scoring like heavy volume, heavy sort of volume of goals, and wins the Champions League, and his career just kind of crested there. Yeah, not like he was coasting after that, but it was almost like that was the natural. It was the end of the arc. It's like I'm done. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah, we had a quick question from Jessica Malone, aka Soccer Sabbatical. Oh, awesome! Advice for surviving the winter pausa. So the winter break in the Bundesliga, I just replied with a, a gif of Julie Louis-Dreyfus filling up a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, I think mulled wine and lots of old highlights. Drink, reruns. drink, drink. Yeah, and watch old highlights. Or if you don't drink, don't drink, obviously. Don't drink. Exactly. But, um, Consume you know, responsibly, kids. Other vices are available. They are indeed. Uh, we're going we're gonna to wrap up, right? But we've got one final one from Dave, Dave underscore 2805. No question, but just wanted to say thank you both so much for the podcast. I love listening to it. Oh, that's so lovely and wholesome. Thanks, Dave. That, you know what? Like, sometimes people just like get in touch and say so they really yeah. enjoy that, That's it. That's what it's about. Uh, on that note, right, we're going to play out. We're going to start this one now. So this is an absolute Detroit classic. Kenny Larkin, Q. We thought we'd whoosh off Quality. into the next decade. The ether. With some classic Detroit techno. New decade, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, unless you're a pedant and then it's not. I'm not a pedant. Then it's next year, I think, right? No, I'm not a pedant. But um, yeah, this is our... We've only been going four and a bit months. Feels like longer, like in a good way. Feels like longer. Why, what are you saying, man? (laughs) 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 But no, I mean, this this is going to be... This might get a little bit cheesy, but I mean, I'm sure you will echo it. But thanks so much for everyone who said really good stuff online, who's left reviews, who's recommended it to friends. If you do celebrate Christmas... Have a happy Christmas. Yep. If you're celebrating Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. If you yep. don't celebrate, but you're just having some family time. And consuming. Whatever you do. Yep. Happy holidays. Happy Responsible break. consumption. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts and you haven't, give us the biggest pr- Christmas present you can. Please leave us a rating and a review yep. on Apple Podcasts. Preferably, preferably five stars. Check us on Twitter at Stadio. Check us on Instagram at Stadio Football. You can check the website, stadio.football. Musa will have a piece going up. I will have a piece going up. Uh, we're going to be back on a, like the 7th or 8th of January, but we'll be updating you online about that. And yeah, Happy New Year. All we're going to go get another drink. Yeah, it's like, as Methan <laughs> would say, all that good stuff. That good stuff. Uh, See you soon. Right, we're out of here. See you, bye. Take it, bye.